Hello, and welcome to the Nonprofit Radio Show, a podcast with tips and tools for small nonprofits. If you feel in the dark about how to run a nonprofit, sunshine is on its way. I'm Nancy Bacon, and I'm joined by Sarah Brooks. Today, I think we should address the elephant in the room for a lot of nonprofits. Ooh, what's that, Nancy? Well, Sarah, it's mid-November, and we've got a lot of money to raise to meet our budget. I don't know what to do. What can we possibly do in the next four to six weeks? Ooh, this is a great one. All right. Well, I suspect we have a few listeners who may find themselves in this very situation. And first and foremost, don't panic. Don't panic. That's always your advice. (laughs) Yeah, don't panic. Take a breath. Uh, There's still time. Uh, You might not have every fundraising option available to you, like now is not the time to pull off a gala event before the end of the year. Um, But if you are thinking strategically and most of all thinking like your donors or potential donors, you can do this. I think you absolutely can. I knew the organization, uh, I knew an organization once who every time they ran low on money, they held a spaghetti feed. So are we going to like, are we going to look across the, the country and see all sorts of spaghetti feeds? Generally, I hope not, but we'll see. Not that there's anything wrong with a good spaghetti feed, but if we all did it, that would be a lot of pasta. <laughs> That'd be a lot of pasta. So, so you're saying we should be strategic yet fast acting. How, that's crazy. What are you talking about? Well, so before we dive into those specific suggestions, I just want to explain a little bit about what I meant when I said you have to think like your donors. Um, so many people save their giving until December for all sorts of reasons. Um, and and some of your donors who give in December, they don't really need a ton of prompting for you. They have their set list of organizations that they support every year, and you might be among them. Um, and if you know your donor base, then you'll know who those people are. Um, but most people uh, will give when they're reminded that you exist and that you're making a difference. So the next four to six weeks is the important time to be direct and compelling. I an article that said that nearly 5% of giving happens between December 29th and 31st. So roughly three days, right? Yep. And when I first read it, I thought, oh, my God, these these slackers. <laughs> and then I realized I'm one of them. Me too. <laughs> I often need that end of year kind of deadline. And frankly, that time between Christmas and New Year's is when I have time. And so we sit with our family and we actually talk about these things. So it's coming up fast. Right. So if I'm thinking like Nancy, who might be a donor to my organization, I have to remember a couple of things that. Number one, there's a lot of noise at that time of year. December December is noisy, um, you know, not just from the nonprofit world, but all of our lives tend to get busy at the end of the year um, and lots of holidays to celebrate and things like that in the time, in that time. Um, and so um, also lots of organizations are making requests. So you're going to have to keep your requests clear, short, inspiring, and focused on what you make possible and not on what you need. Those four things, I'm going to say them again because they're like the most important thing I can say. If you're going to be asking at the end of the year, you better be clear, short, inspiring, and focused on what you make possible, not on what you need. Oh, I love that. What you make possible. And nonprofits make so much possible. You know, I think that you're not saying that this is easy, of course, because it can be the hardest thing in the world to be both clear and short, right? I mean, that we have so much to say, but I suppose the bottom line for me is you ask yourself, 
like if I know nothing else, what do they need to know and why does that matter? So I also think it's great to have a writing partner. So feel free to go ask somebody to bounce ideas off of because clear, short, inspiring and focused on what you make possible. That's a lot to, to take on. It is, but we can do it. We can do it. Um, so let's dive into four concrete ideas where you can put those principles um, into idea, in, into action. Um, so first, and the, maybe the best place to start is figure out who always gives to you in December, right? You, you, if you look back through your records, you will find that there are some people who give all kind of scattered throughout the year, just kind of depending on when you ask or when you do an event or something like that. But there's probably some core group of folks who give to you every December because they're, they're like Nancy, they're going to, they're going to do it in the set time that works for them. Um, So to that group, you can send them a quick email of gratitude, Um, acknowledge that, you know, this is when they tend to give share one or two, that's it. One or two quick stories or facts And then remind them how easy it is to give to you in that month. So if you've got a way to do that online or, you know, put in your mailing address or whatever it is. Um, And then always in that email, include a PS that invites them to meet with you if they have any questions or ideas to share. Most of the time people won't pick up on that offer and invitation, but always invite that because that is a way to make it okay for sharing very little information in the email, but show you're open to telling the whole story of your organization. I love that. It really suggests transparency and connection. And, you know, we think so much about ourselves just naturally. So we, we may think that they didn't give for a reason. They don't like us or they moved on from us or, you know, there must be a reason. And Honestly, most people probably just forgot or they got busy and they just really need that extra nudge, that personal connection. It's a great idea. Totally. And again, you know, that December email to your December givers starts with a thank you. I I know, Nancy, you like to give in December. That's great. We're looking forward, um, you know, to doing more with you in 2023, right? All we can accomplish together. Yep. Mm -hmm. Second group you want to think about is to figure out who has usually given to you by this time in the year, but hasn't yet. Um, And for that group, you can do something a little more than just that gratitude email. You could say, invite your board to help you make a personal outreach to them. Now that sounds scary to a board member. I I hear board members on the nonprofit radio show shuddering at the idea that I'm going to have to call Nancy who usually gives in June and hasn't given yet and be like, where's your gift? That is not at all what I'm suggesting. Um, (laughs) Instead, it could be something like, "Ah, you know, Hey, Nancy, I'm, I'm a board member of organization Y, and I just wanted to make sure you knew all the great things that were going on here. And if you want to support us by the end of the year, we sure appreciate it. Here's how you don't have to highlight that they haven't given yet to them. That's not the point. You're not making someone feel guilty or ashamed, Um, but you can use that kind of filter to find the people you should spend your time and energy on. Um, but then you're sending a very similar message um, that you might have sent to your December givers, which is, wow, you make so much possible here. And we sure hope you'll be on our team and so we can get even more good work done in 2023. And I imagine it'd be great to have some sort of a system to get that information back. Because if a board member calls and finds out, you know, I'm, I've decided not to give anymore or I've moved or I lost my job or, you know, whatever it is that they find out, yep. that would be a great thing to then get back and put in your database. Absolutely. So you make a little worksheet for your um, 
board member, you know, that has the name and the contact information of the person they're reaching out to and any background information that you want them to know, and then a space for them to handwrite their notes in so that as I'm talking to Nancy on the phone, I can say, oh, I just learned, you know, this about Nancy's giving. I want to be clear. You don't have to have your board members call. They could also send a personal email. I'm not, I'm not, a, you know, particular about the medium, but something personal I think is really important. Um, and if you do do a phone call, I always encourage people not to make that a telemarketing call. Well, you know, you take their credit card information over the phone or anything like that. Um, but rather you just say, um, you know, hey, thanks, Nancy. It's been so great to talk with you. I'm going to send you an email um, with, it, you know, all the clear information on how to give by the end of the year if you'd like to do that. And then you can just, you know, do that as a follow up. It helps just make it all a little smoother and less awkward, frankly. I absolutely love that. I love that worksheet idea. I know all of our nonprofit radio show listeners filled out their bingo card because you you had a worksheet. <laughs> now you talked about last year's and not this year, but I also like to think about the skips. Ooh, we just me. had a pretty weird few years here, and there could well have been somebody who gave gave in 2018, they gave in 2019, they didn't give in 2020, maybe they didn't give in 2021, but they were regular givers before. And so I think if they gave, they gave, they didn't give, then they're ripe to be asked again to give. Totally. That's a great point. And yes, we are in an interesting time where lots of people shifted around their priorities for giving or their own economic circumstances may have changed during the pandemic. And so, yeah, it's definitely a good time. Again, again, what I'm suggesting here are just the, the ways I would go about prioritizing who to reach. And that's another great group to try to reach out to. Mm-hmm. So what else? Another idea is to find a challenge. Um, so maybe you invite a donor or a group of donors um, to make a pledge of a gift that they will give if you reach some important milestone. And I always encourage people with challenges to think particularly about challenges that are triggered, not necessarily by an amount of money raised, although that can certainly be great, um, but maybe one that is tied to a total number of donations in a time frame. But I love that because it just encourages gifts of all sizes and it sort of feels very inclusive and welcoming. Or maybe you have a challenge for the number of new members you might get by the end of December. You know, some something um, that inspires people to think, oh, I need to d- some urgency, right? I need to do this so the organization can unlock that money. Challenges are always a great excuse to be messaging about your impact and the good you can do if you meet the challenge. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great idea. I don't know, for some reason, challenges also inspire in us a little bit of competitiveness, competitiveness with ourselves, like it's not competitive against anybody else. But oh, there's a challenge, I must rise to it, right? And so I think it's human nature to want to address it. And then I think my fourth idea, because again, I don't, I don't want you to feel overwhelmed in these next four to six weeks, I want you to pick one or two things that you feel like you can do well. Um, you know, fourth idea is to make gift giving easy. Um, You know, the end of the calendar year is a big time for giving gifts, uh, no matter what holidays you choose to celebrate. And increasingly, I feel like we're seeing people who don't want to give or get more stuff, um, but instead either want to support good work or um, making a difference. And so if you as uh, your organization can think about how you could develop and promote a gift giving campaign, maybe you have a, a card that you can send that I could 
So if I buy, buy quote, I'm putting in quotes, you know, buy a gift membership for Nancy to um, the local humane society, you know, maybe there's a great card of a puppy on it. And then I can, you know, give that, wrap that card up and give that to Nancy and say, you know, here's my gift to you. you. You want the you want the receiver of the gift to be able to get something. Um, and you want it to be very easy for me as the giver um, to make sure Nancy gets her postcard about um, the gift I made in her honor. Um, so sometimes I'm sure we've all maybe been familiar with some of the more complex gift giving examples. I know Heifer International is one that people know about where you later, literally are like supposedly buying, you know, a, a flock of chickens for someone somewhere and they send you a card about that. I think the World Wildlife Federation sometimes has plush toys. You know, I'm buying a dolphin basically to save dolphin habitat or something. Um, but it doesn't have to be that complicated. Those are really large organizations. It can be something as simple as having just a really beautiful card with, um, you know, the, the puppies from the <laughs> puppies from the humane society on it. And, and a nice message that just lets Nancy know, I thought of her and maybe honored her and her dog by uh, making a donation to that humane society. It's a great example. And I actually, you know, gave money once to the Wildlife Federation uh, to support octopus because my daughter's my daughter loves octopus, octopi, octopuses. Um, she would say octopuses. And um, and so she got a really sweet postcard. It was just a postcard. And so she kept that postcard um, for a long time. I, I hear two things in what you're saying. You're, you're saying um, make gift giving easy but also part of that, make it easy is just make the whole thing easy. Like make, if I want to give it, make a donation, I should be able to do it really easily. I shouldn't have to hunt and pack and find. I mean, yeah, the simplest thing you can do over the next four to six weeks is make sure that the donate button is super clear on your website. You know, recently I learned also that there's a few DAF buttons. So donor advise fund buttons. And they go directly to donor advice funds. That's that was new information for me. That's really interesting. If you want to plug into that, an easy Google will teach you how to do that. So yeah, that that's um, that's a great idea. Exactly. Again, making giving super easy at this time of year is really really important. Cool. So what's our word of the week? Oh well, the word of the week is invite. Um, I have been trying very carefully in this podcast, and I suspect when I go to listen to it, I will find I wasn't as careful as I thought I was, but I'm trying very hard to use the word invite rather than ask. Um, and that's because I think one of the important um, mind shifts that needs to happen in the next four to six weeks, if you're going to be successful and raise the money your movement needs, is that you have to think about invitations rather than asks. There's a, there's a difference in my mind inviting implies I want you to do something with me. And, and that's what we do when we build a movement. An ask is a request, go clean your room. I'm asking you to go clean your room. Um, an invitation is a welcome. You know, Nancy, I'm inviting you to the party with me. Um, and as you think about your year-end fundraising efforts, see how you can use language and the feeling around inviting rather than asking. I really see what you're saying because an ask is a transaction. I mean, I feel like, you know, when you get a wedding invitation, you're being asked to be part of this celebration that launches a new life. I mean, it's a it's a huge thing. You're really saying your presence matters. And so through all of these ideas that Sarah has been sharing, you're really communicating that 
their presence in your donor community matters because together you're doing something pretty incredible. Exactly. Exactly. So if you've still got some money to raise before the end of the year, take a good deep breath. You've still got time. You just have to be strategic. You have to think about who is most likely to respond and then think through what messages will be compelling to them. Make the giving easy. Keep your messages short and focused on the future and what you make possible. Invite people into your movement. You've got this. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Radio Show. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please consider sharing the podcast and rating us on your favorite podcast site. Your support is the best way for us to reach more people. We invite you to look at the show notes at nonprofitradioshow.com for ideas on how to bring these conversations into your organization or to tell us what you'd like to hear next. Nonprofit Radio Show is produced by Nancy Bacon and Sarah Brooks. Editing and post-production are provided by Margaret Mep Schulte of Three Choices Creative Communications. Music is by Riley Crabtree. Together, we are inspired by you and other nonprofit leaders doing important work in our communities.